Welcome to Someone Has to Tell These Tales. I am your host, and I'm hoping that you are joining me to have a good time and be entertained. Well, okay. Maybe not such a good time and be entertained, but I'm hoping you will enjoy my talk. We are approaching Memorial Day, and Memorial Day is the marker in kind of like the halfway month. Uh, the end, because we're going into June, which is the sixth month. and But it, it, it's really a time of renewal, if you think about it, of change. Because Memorial Day not only marks like the beginning of summer and graduations when people are starting a new life, um, kids going off to college or to the military or just starting their young adult life and also many kids graduating and going and starting this new adventure called high school. Now, let's not forget what the day really is about remembering and memorializing those that have gone on. And there's a whole history behind Memorial Day that I won't get into now. Uh, a, a large fact that um, for a long time, most of us didn't pay attention because, let's face it, Memorial Day for most of us has been all about the cookout. And to be honest, and I'm not uh, putting down the purpose of this, that's what this podcast is today about, really, the cookout. Someone had posted on um, my social media, one of the people I'm following, uh, what are some good barbecue songs and what songs do you play at your cookout? And I said, well, I'm basically old school. And um, I like the songs I grew up on, no doubt, the old school from the mostly the 70s. You can't have a cookout, especially in the black community, without Frankie Beverly and Mays. Come on now. Now, to all of these young Beehive Beyonce fans, no, Beyonce didn't come out before I let go. Mays was always a summertime band. Was it? It's not even summer until you've been to the Mays concert or threw on some Mays, because even though Mays isn't fast, that Frankie Beverly is one smooth man. You know, he, he is just, it's just a, a feeling. It's like that song, um, the golden time of day when it's cool and that sun hit starts to go down and the sun is still shining, but you're getting that little breeze, like we're getting a little uh, a, a reprieve from that summertime heat. And that's when the kick, cookout, Excuse me, that's when that cookout really start to go because, you know, black folks, they're not coming early. You got that charcoal out. You got the grill going, and it's about 11, 12 o'clock. Nobody there yet. They're going to start to roll in about 3, 30, 4 o'clock. Party not going to really get started till about 6, and ain't nobody going to leave till about 11-something. That's just how it goes. And in all in between there, you got music, 70s music as far as I'm concerned, because is there anything better?
the whole family can listen to stuff. I mean, when I was growing up, and we had good music with musicians. That's the thing, right? When you were kicking it with Frankie Beverly and Mace, and a little secret is when I was younger, because in order to get a record contract, you had to be able to sing. And most bands played real instruments. You really didn't have, even the people that did not make it big, you didn't have people that did not have musical talent or could not sing or were just pretty faces. That's a today's thing because there's so many people out here now that they might be attractive or trendsetters, but they aren't entertainers. You know, they got these hits off of good beats. And I think right uh, today it's more about your producers and who's writing for you because those people make the songs because a lot of these babies out here today, I'm sorry, but you got no talent other than looking a certain way and regurgitating things. You know, it's very few of them that can hold their own. And even some of the best, because I love a lot of the latest Bruno Mars um, tunes, and the boy can dance his butt off. I think he's, what, Puerto Rican, Hawaiian, something like that combination, but he's not an original. You know, we were lucky coming through the 70s when we had so many originators to it was their thing, and now people coming along are kind of like molding themselves off of these acts from the 70s and 60s. We had the real thing. You know, I, I, I admit I like Michael Jackson, but we weren't really rocking Michael at the cookout. To be honest, even with Thriller and Billie Jean and all of that, I'm not even sure what time of year they came out of. Those weren't really cookout songs. We loved it. Our cookout songs was kind of like, at least in my house, I mean, and we played jazz and whatnot. Jazz was not a cookout thing. Jazz was like, uh, uh, come on over and we'll enjoy ourselves. We may cook something out, but it was more of a get-together thing. Cookouts, on the other hand, with, you know, you had the burgers and you had the hot dogs, and I'm going to tell people right now, in the black community, at least in my home, we seasoned our burgers, all of this fancy stuff that's on burgers now. We've been there, done that in the 70s. You know, we were putting cheeses in the middle of our burgers and seasoning it up, and people would come over and say, these are the best burgers we ever had. But that's my house, and that's no wonder I became a chef. Because that's what my mom loved to do, to just make creations and uh, just simple things. We did, you know, we did some hot dogs, too. We weren't big barbecue meters. I mean, if we wanted barbecue, we went over to someone else's house. And as a kid, I was not thrilled with barbecue. Um, I got, I think, I can't even remember which one of those um, national chains type um, places. I know they had Bonanza, they had Ponderosa, they had Sizzlers, those kind of places. I went to one one time when I was a kid, and I had, I guess they didn't clean the grill that good, and I had some steak or whatever, and it made me sick, and I just did not want barbecue after that. And I, I'm Southern, so I know good barbecue, but it just kind of affected me, and then it probably didn't help that I didn't like barbecue 
for a long, long time. And then I went on a craze where every birthday, my birthday falls around fall, and the only thing I did for my birthday, I had to do it. It was like a tradition. And then once I started, I couldn't stop. I had to have barbecue ribs, and I had so many good recipes. And I'm one of those people that I don't stick to one recipe. I am a feel-good kind of eater where if I get a taste for something, I'm not set on just having it one way. There may be a, one particular way that I like, say, a macaroni and cheese or my ribs or whatever the dish is, but it's always going to be more than one way to prepare it, depending on how I feel. So for my birthday, barbecue ribs and a football game because I'm Southern. You know, when you're Southern, football is, is, is like a second religion. It just is. There's nothing better than a football game and some ribs. That's me. And I wasn't a big rib fan for nothing else. I don't even um I don't even think that throughout the whole year I would eat ribs except for on my birthday. We were more like a pork shoulder person, well person, family. Not only that, regions as far as meat is concerned, like Texas is brisket country. Um, I've known some places in Texas to do lamb, but Beef is Texas country, and I'm not a – I was never – even though I grew up in the 70s where you, you had beef at least three, four times a week and loved it, and it was good, not like this mess they put out now. Um, but being in a part of South, I'm from – we were pork country, and I don't do no beef ribs. I did pork ribs. I don't even do rib, um, pork anymore. Right now there's actually – um. Uh, a mass shortage of pork because of something called African swine fever or something. It swept through China, and their herds are going down. Do you call pigs herds? Anyway, their numbers are going down, and with this tariff and this war between China and the U.S. on um, goods and whatnot, um, farmers lost out, but who did the farmers vote for? So there you go. Um so there is going to probably be a a pork a pork we won't we won't see it because we're not selling our pork and that's going to hurt a lot of farmers but um around the rest of the world they're going to see pork prices go up pork pork farmers here um can't afford to because they're just happy to probably sell their stuff uh bacon is a high commodity right now. Is it anything that doesn't have a, a recipe for bacon? Nope, nope, nope. But my point, my, my main point being, if we want to go back to the barbecues, that two kinds of cookouts, you know, you had to just find cookout where you're not having a lot of um, barbecue but other things. And in my area, too, um, we were a seafood area, but our second biggest industry after seafood was actually poultry. So you went to a cookout, you knew you were going to have some grilled chicken, not necessarily barbecue chicken. Lots of people had barbecue chicken. But there was a recipe in the 70s, and it was like it was on the back of every wishbone. I don't know if it was wishbone or craft or who, who it was, but it was on, it was called, what is it, lemon pepper chicken. It was kind of like um, 
lemon, Italian seasoning, and everybody fixed it because it was like um, there are a few recipes in the 70s that everybody across the country mostly fixed. And, then, you know, that was that clam dip thing from, um, what was it? It was on the back of the cream cheese box or something. Everybody had clam dip. Everyone had that lemon chicken recipe on the grill, which was delicious. And in our area, we also had an obey recipe mixed up with that. Um, and it was there's and and everyone had like that mushroom cream of soup that you threw over the beef or your meat and cooked it. Seventies recipes, but they were good then. Everything was good. Now for the cookout, you know, like I said. Cookouts were meant for barbecue. Also, the potato salad. And I got to be honest, I like potato salad. My family likes potato salad, but we weren't like the big potato salad type family. We did, I don't care what it was, we always had to have some rice for our meat because we were cooking pork. And um, having that Asian influence, it was just like we had to have rice noodles and we had to have rice, and we had the pork. That just goes without saying it wasn't anything um, unusual about it. And when it came to music, I mean, we had a ton of it. From um, if you, we were playing Ohio players, who couldn't? And I not, I was not a big Fire fan, but Ohio players that. One album they had, and I might have to do a whole show on this one, that um, Honey album, because it was kind of smooth and cool, and we won't even talk about the cover. Um, a, a little risque for that era, I guess it was, the woman with all the honey on her. And I think that she actually did all their albums, because all the albums had some kind of artistic thing with the woman on, on it. Um, you can't even find, I don't even think you can find it because I know one year I went looking for uh, CDs and I didn't find any greatest hit CDs of the Ohio players. They had a few. But um, so I went to like one of those old record shops and now they've rebounded. You're not going to get them cheap. But at the time, records weren't back in fashion or albums, so to speak, weren't back in fashion. And you could, um, you know, just pick through the piles and get them for under a dollar, and I still couldn't find any because I loved I loved the Ohio players back in the day. You know, the Isley Brothers. Whoa, honey. Um, I would say that the older Motowns were not as big at our cookouts. Older Motowns were like for house parties and different things, but cookouts have a different vibe. Cookouts are like Hey, especially because even though I'm in the South, we, we had the Four Seasons. Cookouts are like, yeah, we're getting out. You know, it's been a long winter. Let's dust off all the stuff we had inside, bring out the lawn chairs and fill up the pool and um, enjoy ourselves. So a lot of, um, oh, Rick James, man, that late 70s, early 80s, Rick James with L7. Come on now. That was, those were the golden days. Uh, Go-Go music from D.C. was coming out. Um, 
I, I was listening to a lot of um, reggae, Third World, come on, Third World, Still Pulse, Bob Marley goes without saying, and I didn't do too much. We used to go to concerts, festivals on the mall in D.C., um, because that's where I grew up, Maryland, D.C. area, um, and, and just enjoy ourselves and have cookouts on the mall. I don't know if we did the cookouts. I think you had to, we would go and take the blankets and the picnic. We would um, grill and take the food there. And then, of course, they had vendors. I'm not sure if you could cook out even back then. But I do remember those concerts and the blankets and just a good time. That's when, um, you know, D.C. was Chocolate City. Now, I did a, just did the podcast about gentrification. Now, that's gone. But um, good cookout music now. Who are some of you? Remember that Chaka Khan was still with Rufus, so you had to have a Chaka Khan tune going. Uh, I remember my cousin, Chaka Khan was my cousin's like favorite artist. And um, she would have to, if you didn't have no Chaka Khan, she would let you know. That's just plain and simple. But that was good. Even, even um, the Doobie Brothers, you know, the doobies were hot, and and that was the era of top forty. When I think about it, too, because top forty, there were there were a lot more interactions between groups, and you weren't segregated. And the industry made it segregated. Music should never be segregated. Genres fine, but they try to make it seem like if you black, you can't sing country music. However, who controls the industry? If a white group like Hall and Oates, who were one of my favorites, so blue-eyed soul, as they call it, um, had a hit, they wouldn't have no problem saying that was a soul hit. But it's all the same as far as politics goes. But at the cookout, let's see, my all-time, and to pick, let me see if I could pick my all-time. There is no picking because it it just depends. But I'm going to tell you, let let me put it this way, who I would not want to leave off of my cookout list. Like I said, definitely not leaving off. Maze, um, who else do I love so much? Um, There are a couple, let's see. If we go to the disco area, I loved um, Brenda. Who was it? Brenda? Is her name Brenda Russell or Candy State or one of them um, that did um, Runaway Love? Those 12, 12 inch singles, baby. Come on now. 12 inch singles could play and you could sit back. Somebody, you at a black cookout, you will have somebody playing bit with. Now, I don't know how to play cards. My mother never cared for cards. And so there wasn't much playing of cards in our home. and um, But a lot of black cookouts, Bitwits is like the biggest card game. And so you're going to have people playing cards. You're going to have, at least in my family, we we didn't play too much cards. When I went to other people's families cookouts, they, they played some cards. And um, not only cards, but just the reminiscing, the joking, the feeling good. And that was a way of relieving tension because 
let's face it, um, in the black community, we had so many pressures and so much racism geared towards you at work. When you came home with your friends and family, it was just a good time. And it seemed like oh so special when someone came over that you did not see all the time or, you know, it was just a time to embrace and hug and show some love and respect for each other. You didn't have drive-by shootings back in the old days and all this craziness that's going on now. Someone could show up, and if you had extra food, you're like, you know, come on, you're welcome, come in, we'll feed you. That's the kind of house I was in. You didn't feel like, someone showing up and you didn't know who the hell they were. Now, I'm not saying that somebody showed me don't know who they are and they're not with anybody. You're like, who are you? I'm just talking about now you just really don't know and you're so much more aware that anything can show up on your doorstep. But um, we had that open home and you came in and you were welcome to eat and we, my mom took pleasure in feeding people. We had that kind of of household and shoot when you got down and you enjoyed that music i could see the you know record players that's what you had uh there was a um family i lived across the alley from me all the brothers i think it was three or four of them they were percussionists and so they would come out even without a cookout and bring the bongos and they mostly played the bongos um and um, all of the type, larger type of drums. They didn't play the, the jambes. I'm always saying it wrong. But it was that era when you had war and all those different groups and their guitars, and they would just come, and it would just be a, a instant party, you know, coming out, doing your groove thing, um, playing some Marvin Gaye tunes and different things. It was just that kind of era where you felt, community love. And so some of the groups that um, I had, and I mentioned Rick James, but that was towards the end. By the time the early 80s rolled around, it was the beginning of the end because crack was getting ready to come in. And I never lived in a bad neighborhood, or and we call them bad quotations, but a, a, a neighborhood that was ravaged by it, neighborhoods that I had lived in and long since moved from. That happened, but not in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of contradictory. Isn't it? Well, that I lived in at the time as as the wheels were kind of turning on that. But um, let's see. And I keep, I know I'm missing so many people because there were individuals who had particular songs who may not even have had. They weren't one hit wonders, but they never had as big a songs like Gwen McKay and Rock, Rock and Cheer. Um, her husband, um, what's his name? Um, it's not Tim McKay, whatever he was. He had um, a, a hit called Woman, Take Me In Your Arms, Rock Me Baby, but she had the Rock and Cheer. I think he wrote both of them, though. He, he produced a lot, but those heirs had so many. Peaches and Herb, uh, name some 70s acts. I was just kicking Casey and the Sunshine Band the other day. So when I think back 
to cookouts and how cookouts should be just fun and good music. And the music changes too. Like during the day, you kicking it fast with all of those uh, faster songs, the faster fun songs, the electric slide. Um, Gwen, what is her name? She's a Jamaican lady. Actually, that electric slide song came out years before it became a hit because I remember I was rocking it because I was so into reggae and the things coming out of Jamaica and um, growing up with a lot of West Indian in the West Indian neighborhood, so to speak, um, I got not only the American cuts, but when they go home, they bring back the island cuts or maybe a cut from England somewhere because, I mean, that's what um, a lot of people in the Caribbean do. They visit their relatives in Canada and Great Britain and the U.S. and then go back to the island. So you, you were liable to hear cuts that you didn't hear on the radio here. And um, so that was pretty awesome. To um, I wish I had some of those records now because they'd be very valuable. But um, as the as the time, like early on, you, you'd hear some um, like late 60s, the Marvin Gaye's and um, some early Osley Brothers, maybe some Doc. In my home, my mother loved the stylistics and the Delphonics and all of that. So you would hear that. And then as the day progressed, we get up to the up-tempo stuff. And as the evening moves on, you get into some of the more mellow stuff. You know, you're closing, out, you're closing it out good, and everybody then got up and danced and ate. And so then now you're just sitting around talking and enjoying yourself. And the music gets a little bit more Ramsey Lewis because Ramsey Lewis was big, big, big back then um, for jazz to be, like, mainstream. And um, living in the area, you would – even if you didn't play records, you could listen to WHUR, who I loved. I loved um, – they used to have – late at night, a couple of radio stations would have, like, album sides. they just played the whole B-side of an album. And in those days, too, it's not like now. You buy somebody's stuff, and I know that people get go online, and you can buy the individual song, except for country music that always wants you to buy the whole thing. And you get very few hits or something that you can really tolerate on the whole thing. But in the old days, you played the B-side, and to be honest, the B-side would have better music than the A-side. The only difference between B-side and A-side is A-side was deemed more commercial. It can make more money, appeal to more people, but the B-sides were where a lot of the talent to um uh, writing and hits would come from. I mean, well, not hits, but the music. If you listen to some of the better artists, and you say, "Why well, wasn't that a hit?" Because um, you just didn't come out. It just wasn't anything bad on a lot of people's albums. Because hey, what they had talent. So I mean, I just felt like Memorial Day. I had to think about and remember because now, to be honest. Think about it. Most of these artists are gone. Marvin's gone. Uh, actually, Prince is gone. And I didn't like too much Prince at cookouts. Now, we love Prince, but um, I'm not sure why, but just didn't. Um, 
Marvin's gone, Prince is gone, Aretha's gone. Oh, boy, we lost so many people, it's unbelievable. Uh, most of the, mostly all the groups, even though they're still performing their name, those aren't the original people. I think, what is it, one OJ? <laughs> Laverty, the only OJ left. Of the originals, um, <coughs> war war actually was just here, and I think if there's two members of that group that's the original members, that that is it. Um, who else? Isley Brothers, but you know when you listen to an Isley Brothers song and you hear that guitar riff, that was Kelly. Kelly is the one. I think he had a heart attack and died, and Mr. Big Ronald. He didn't kind of lost his voice in recent years, so he can be Mr. Big, and we can listen to him and sing along with him from memory, but his voice not as strong as it used to be. Who else? Um, and there's still a few people who I never got to see. I don't know, just different things um, prevented me from seeing them. I'm trying to think if there are any groups that are still touring that still have each other. Um, whoa, I I can't think of any right now. I honestly can't. But um, the memories and the food basically live forever. If I was to put on a cookout today, all the acts that I um had mentioned will be on the list. I'm not a big potato salad fan. And now that I don't eat meat as a vegan, I wouldn't even eat potato salad because to me, the potato salad complemented the meat. And you had to have some good potato salad, not sloppy potato salad. That's a big thing. No raisins in the potato salad, no sugar in the potato salad. Oh, my God. And then, you know, there's a big thing of the egg, no egg, relish, no relish, mustard, no mustard, all of that. So many rules for potato salad, child, so many rules. And being from the Maryland area, you got to have crabs, see, because our cookouts were dominated by crab seafood. We would roll, you roll deep into some Crabs, if you had a cookout and you didn't have crabs, you ain't have a cookout in my area. That's all it was to it. You ain't had to have the hot dogs. You don't have to have the burgers. You don't have anything else you want to, but you better roll with some crabs. And with that came shrimp. Now, a lot of people put shrimp in their potato salad, but then again, like I said, when you come from a seafood place, um, that's what's going to happen. We also, you know, you cook the, uh, oh, man, butter sauce. I'm not a big oyster fan. My mother loved oysters. But you had that butter garlic sauce and put those, shuck those oysters and put those oysters on the grill and put that sauce up there. Oh, man, that's good eating, good eating. Like you wouldn't believe in the shrimp. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And the chicken with the obey. So many good memories. So many good. Now, what is your Memorial Day like? And I'm going to give you all a little, um, a little background. 
But the black troops during the Civil War um, actually honored the dead. And they were, um, they held like the first Memorial Day. So it is a day to remember, to honor those that have passed, and um, not to forget. And no wonder that it's hard, pretty hard to have a Memorial Day where it hasn't rained uh, all too fitting. But um, whatever you do, stay safe as the summer begins. Uh, the celebration of death is really of life because people's passing and mourning those have gone on that's really for the living that make us feel better and it may get lost in all the things we think of the symbolization of the starting of summer of graduations of people coming together that haven't seen each other all winter all those things that we think of when we have those cookouts, that first cookout of the summer, the, the smacking of the rust off the grill, <laughs> and the start of what you hope will be a magical summer. Every, every year you get the chance to, regardless of how it turns out, to imagine that you will have an enjoyable summer, enjoyable time, and it all starts at that Memorial Day cookout. Because you're going to roll in, just the next month, you got 31 days. This is June 31 days until you, you know, 30 plus days till 4th of July where you have another cookout. But the Memorial Day cookout is the special one because that, that's the one to kick it all off. You know, nowadays people travel a lot for 4th of July and do other things and go out the country. And it's just not the same as the old days, but... um and then we have Juneteenth in June, which a lot of us didn't grow up. If you were anywhere outside of Texas, you really weren't celebrating it because it's big in Texas and it just spread across the country. But um, we didn't even know about Juneteenth when I was growing up. It was Memorial Day. So those of you that are celebrating Memorial Day with a cookout, those of you that are going to the cookout, be careful. Drive safely, drink in moderation if you have to drink at all, and enjoy your friends and family, and know that the best times in this world are spent in laughter and joy over the food and the people you are with. That's what it's really about, coming together at the table. This is my table. Someone had to tell the tale, and I just did. Peace, my friends.